0: Greetings program, hello, and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a Movie by Minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 26. I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and with me today is my bona fide, dependable, stalwart returning champion guest co-host, Tyler Nickel. Welcome, Tyler.
1: Thank you. We're going to just take away that thesaurus from you one day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Never. You You can have my thesaurus when you take it from my cold, chilled... Dying, sub-zero, refrigerated, etc., etc., etc. Oh man, that's a good one. That, that's <laughs> gonna okay. All right, so what happens in this minute? Uh, Dr. Laura Baines, Flynn, and Alan open the obscene NCOM door and sneak in, and the MCP lets Dillinger know who is the boss. Mm-hmm. So
1: and I, I would I Flint, would like to note just read at the start. I specifically asked for this minute. Like, oh yes, like like signed up way ahead of time like this is the minute. This is my favorite minute of this movie. That's
0: right. Yeah, you requested it specifically. This is one of the images that I think is burned into everybody's um, brains. So Flint unlocks the door and it starts to open and they stand there patiently for an hour and a half as the door opens and opens and opens and opens and opens. So, I mean, at this point, I guess I just want to say uh, take it away, Tyler.
1: Alright, so um, you, you've heard already of the uh, Lawrence Livermore uh, National Laboratory located right outside of scenic San Francisco, California. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's a little little bit of facts on this door. Uh, it's the world's heaviest door on a hinge.
0: Uh, wow, is, really? Yeah. Uh, cool. At least in
1: 1979. I don't know about now, but in 1979, which I don't know how many more giant doors they had to make past that, but at the time, <laughs> heaviest door on a hinge, a 97,000-pound concrete-filled door.
0: Holy uh, gosh.
1: And it's also part of the shielding for the neutron source 2 uh, rotating target inside the laboratory.
0: Oh, that's what it's there for. Okay, okay. Yeah,
1: so it's partially shielding from the outside world, because it's as thick as the wall, basically, right? It's like an eight-foot-thick concrete wall. Yeah. Um. So... It's eight feet thick. It is 12 feet wide at the outside and it's narrower inside. So you can kind of see that like chunky motion of it just so it can swing. Uh, And it actually, they invented a special bearing in the hinge. So one person can actually open that door if they need to.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Laura's like, remember when he was giving them the tour, he was proud of the fact that one person could, Push it open, but I didn't know they have a special bearing created. Yeah, I mean wild. it's
1: it's so the uh here the weight is estimated as much as thirty two automobiles is how heavy oh that God. door is. It's like it's the same as one person opening thirty two friggin' wow. <laughs> yeah. So and so one thing about this, and it pops up online a lot. that I see people comparing it to Tron Legacy of like, oh, it's crazy, like the same door, and it is not the same door in Tron Legacy. Oh, okay. Tr- Tron Legacy is a very smaller door. Like, when you look at it, like it's a big door. But the Tron Legacy one has those, like, bank vaults, like, cylinders that can come out of it.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah.
1: This one is just straight up like, hey, if it's open, it's open. Like, there's one yeah. lock kind of thing on it. And then once that, all the other pieces of it are just giant chunks of metal filled with concrete.
0: Yeah, they uh they talk a little bit about how they saw this door during a tour of the facilities. Lawrence Livermore was giving them a tour of the facilities and uh, the director, Stephen Lisberger, was so struck by that door that they rewrote the scene to take place there and feature the door because they were like, that's got to be in the movie. Look at that. Look at that door.
1: No, it is. uh, Yeah. Again, that one I mentioned the other episode, you require a queue clearance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay.
1: To get through there. So, uh, in terms of, so queue clearance would be like top secret sensitive intelligence clearance is like what the field of that is on. Yeah. Um. And Q clearance is like there. There's a bunch of different ratings of it, but if like top secret was a scale of one to five, Q clearance is a scale of one to ten.
0: Right. So there's right. like
1: five extra levels of clearance above what something would be like secret or top secret or whatever. Like it's so much higher than that in, in yeah. terms of government
0: access. Well, Lawrence Livermore Labs gets up to some wildly esoteric. Like, top secret, wild stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. So, it makes sense that this big door, you know, you require a lot of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's mostly to, like, a radiation door. It's mostly a radiation door.
1: Mostly, yeah, because that's what the concrete is for. So, like, the door itself...
0: Oh, that's what the concrete's for. Sure, sure, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, the door itself isn't actually meant as, like, a vault door. The door is like, hey, we need an eight-foot-thick concrete wall... And we can't have a spot at it where suddenly it's just, like, two inches thick. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, and if it was, like, metal, it would just, like, soak up the radiation. Yeah. So if it's filled with concrete, then it becomes a a, a radiation sponge.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so it's a very fascinating door. I, while doing my research online, I did find someone made a perfect recreation of it out of Lego to scale with a Lego fig. <gasps> You're I, ki- Really? Yeah, wow. I want to get it so much. Hold on, let me see if I can
0: if Uh, they published uh hopefully they published instructions or something because that would be so awesome to have or just to see (laughs) i don't know if i've got space for it right so not life size right yeah no not life size like to scale scale with a a figure yeah yeah
1: the famous minifigs which work in the system (laughs)
0: uh
1: yeah i'll send you i'll send you a link later because i got my my internet off besides for this um but yeah it was uh, made by Andreas ends in 2011 and it is a beautiful little work with a lot of nice curved pieces. And it looks like you can just like order some stock Lego and make this like door legit. Um, Yeah.
0: Go to BrickLink or something like that and just build one up.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's quite the piece of engineering.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's pretty incredible. Uh, I remember Cindy Morgan talks about how when they were filming there, there was a literal radiation leak close to the door mm-hmm. where they were filming, and they had some like small yellow like police line kind of tape saying like "Don't go over here. There's some radiation. <laughs> like not too far from the door." And she remembers like when they were filming, they were like "Okay, uh, action," and she's like. Uh, so does that tape mean anything over there and they're like yeah 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 just don't go over there there's radiation over there and she's like um i don't know about much radiation but oh we're pretty close yeah (laughs) is that is that yellow tape gonna stop the radiation (laughs) like what's what's going on no no just don't go over there and then like yeah she uh she took a shortcut through through it she stepped in it sort of accidentally and uh and then she got in huge trouble and they had to, like take away her shoes and, and like de-radiation her shoes or confiscate look, her right, shoes. Deradi-
1: they weren't just taking them away as part of the punishment. Like, and you've lost shoe privileges. <laughs> <laughs> <I> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's right.
0: That's right. I hope you're happy. Oh yeah. And they're cold asphalt, my bare feet and your but shoes are no, like, right in the shot.
1: In terms of a cinematic moment, besides the, just like, it's, it's one of those lines where when you hear it, you're like, well, yeah, no, that's what you'd say. But like, that's a big door.
0: Like, yeah. <laughs> as comedy dynamite at the time because you're like that's uh that's the understatement of the yeah. I remember I remember this but I went back the first time I saw this movie I swear this scene was like 5 minutes long that door just keeps opening and opening and opening. And to this day, I've never seen a door like it. And it was so cool to find out that it wasn't just a prop, that it was like legit, like it's like a legit existing door. Yeah. Well, the way it's built too,
1: just for its function, like to be eight foot deep, it's almost like a staggered series of doors. Like if you look at a picture of it fully open, it's like, you know, like a two and a half foot thick door, a two and a half foot thick door and like, and so on. But like, yeah, it's like got this weird staggered thing. So it was, you'll see this edge come up. You're like, oh, there's the doors. Nope, nope, more nope.
0: doors coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got it's it's these three fake-out doors. Oh, that's a thick door. Oh, there's more. Yeah, oh, a, no, that's a door. It is a, a magic door. trick
1: and a cinematography wonder of just like, you will not believe how goddamn <laughs> long a door can open for.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It should have been the tagline for the film you won't believe how long a door can open for. Well, and
1: then moving through it, to, it, and it opens to such a small, like, you can fit one person through at a time after, basically. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not like you're opening some sort of, like, oh, this is what we use to get machinery in and out. Like, no, this is a person door. It is yeah. just the biggest person door ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd imagine they probably loaded a, a little bit of equipment, but. But yeah, it's not like a hangar. It's not like a hangar for anything huge or like no. cars or something. It's just like, it's just the people who are, it just takes a long time to, imagine if you're in a rush.
1: Yeah. And to any, anyone who's seen this movie, if you say big door, you're like, oh yeah, no, I know what you're talking yeah, yeah. about. Oh,
0: right. that was that. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. If for some reason anybody's listening to this who hasn't seen the movie and yeah, definitely uh, get you yourself ready for this. Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. Which again. live your life interesting way to live your life
1: started on minute 26 of, the thing <laughs> <you've never seen. laughs> of uh of just two guys talking some tron
0: that is some chaotic good <laughs> I, I believe though i think that would fall under that
1: would be fascinating just to go through all the movie minutes and just like scatter shot
0: <laughs> yeah just put like all of them on random and just have them come up wherever all right uh, which so part, is that i did
1: do once by the way to an audiobook and it was deeply confusing <laughs> Oh really? I didn't realize my iPod was on shuffle.
0: Okay.
1: So it was just like thought... random chapters of an audio.
0: <laughs> I'd always thought it would be cool if you could put in like remember a CD changers used to have like like shuffle. You put in like six CDs which again was a method of storing music a long time it's ago. a
1: compact disc.
0: And uh and you could put like six CDs in there and put it in shuffle so that all the tracks would just like come up randomly. And I was thinking they never had a six DVD changer that where you could, they were oh, like yeah. a six DVD changer or something. But if they did, it would be cool to put in six DVDs and then have all the scenes come up on random and put in like six classic movies and turn down the volume and just have it on in the background at a party.
1: So, this is a pro tip uh, for, for the digital age of people watching stuff. So, I'm, I'm hoping one day Netflix or Disney Plus or whoever will put a shuffle button on TV shows. Like, I was oh right sure like just like put on the office and just like hey random episode uh the fx app for simpsons did have that i don't know if it'll carry over okay uh for disney plus now that simpsons is going to be on disney plus but it was available if like you could watch a simpsons episode and just like play a random episode It's brilliant like why wouldn't you want that that's great it saves yeah. you eight minutes of scrolling um,
0: for but sure you, for sure
1: if you digitally download stuff in the google play store it uploads as a YouTube playlist on you and you can hit shuffle. So that's how I've been watching Key and Peel lately. That's just, oh, again, cool. completely off the point, but in the digital age of shuffling up all your information, uh, it's fun, you know, just refresh some stuff.
0: Especially when you've got like, Eight seasons to choose from. Like oh, yeah. it's really rare to go in there because then you got to read all of the of uh, the synopses and think, oh, and, and oh, yeah. oh, I remember that one. I want to watch this one. But if it's eight seasons, you're like, yeah. okay and that was me. I just want to watch. I just I just want to press play. You know,
1: that was me in my small way opening up the big door of possibilities on your playlist.
0: Yeah, there you go. See, I, I see. I got it back on I track. See. Oh my god! See, you got it back on track.
1: Oh, sorry, there was a, just a collapse in my room, because my, my office is also my living room, and uh, yeah. a bunch of stuff just fell off my couch, and I'm just going to show this to Duncan, and then... Oh, yeah. 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 The
0: the, the, <laughs> the sequined, Nicolas Cage pillow. The sequined, sequined Nicolas, Nicolas Cage, pillow, Cage pillow,
1: pillow just leapt at me from my couch during that, so...
0: All right, so uh, Dillinger is talking. Right, can we move on from the door? Is that yeah? Is that you know, door? I
1: like again, I'm a big fan of the door. I do understand that I could try to speak for 40 minutes on the door. It's a cool door. I like this. It's door. a great I like door. I just
0: I want to exhaust all of the information that you've got on the door. If that if that brings I, us to a close, I'm not. I'm, I'm not trying to push about, us along. I'm down.
1: Yeah, I see. My a lot of the information is about also like the actual laboratory itself so if we've covered that i don't want to beat that specific well, dead horse
0: we've covered a chunk we've covered a lot of it but i'd like I'd, I'd be interested in hearing what you know about it because i think it's fascinating to talk about everything that they got into because when they talk about the is necessary to get into the labs it's fascinating that they were allowed to film in there at all because of the top secret stuff that was going on and all the stuff that's on film like the, the scenes in the interiors of Lawrence Livermore Labs are actually in the interiors of Lawrence Livermore Labs. Like that laser is real. Yep. That's a that that's a real laser and and it's all shot in available light. Like it's not like they didn't have to set up a whole bunch of lights to make it look like it does. Like that's just like what it looks like. And I just think it's amazing that they managed to get permission to film in there because no one else ever has. And when you read about what they're up to, it's just like what they do what? Like if they're gonna invent a transporter, that's where it's gonna happen, you Ooh, know? Like
1: we can have a fun conversation later about a transporter and how I think they're murder clone machines. But yeah, yeah,
0: they are, they are, they are. Like they are murder clone machines. Yep, I will. But uh, you know, uh, everybody uses them, so it's okay, I, right?
1: I would never use a transporter. I
0: would. We like, never straight,
1: would. I would never. Like I understand how how appealing it would be. I would never do one. I would be absolutely certain that my consciousness would be dead, and it would be a clone of me afterwards. I would do it, view would it prob- as a death.
0: There would be a psychosis associated with transporters, I believe, oh, yeah. if they were in widespread use. People would go, "Oh, but so am I, me now?" And then that would spin in their mind until it took over, and they needed like serious help. No,
1: I can't remember the name of the character from Next Generation who had like the transporter psychosis, but it was the only one that made sense to me. Where I was like, "Yeah, no, don't go in there."
0: Was that Barkley?
1: I think that was Barkley. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, Barclay. Yeah, Barclay freaked out once, but he was like, but I think he was seeing things. Seeing things while transporting, like he saw yeah, some monsters. That was while probably he
1: was the afterlife because he kept goddamn talking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because he kept dying. Yeah, yeah. So, we talked. Uh, we talked. Uh, we talked about Lawrence Livermore Labs before. We talked a little bit more about transporters and about how. Like, I imagine if you believe in the soul, the concept of the soul, and you had to go to another planet, and you were a priest, and you had the choice of transporting or taking a, a cold hypersleep voyage for eight months, you'd probably opt for the cold hypersleep voyage mm-hmm. because you wanted your soul to stay attached to your body. Like, would it be a soul stripper? Like that, that's the thing. Like, like I know that the concept that it kills you and rebuilds you. So are you, you at the other end, that to me is sort of a like an intellectual exercise. But, but yeah, in belief wise, like, would it, like, would it yeah. tear your soul away from your body in that first transport? Well, it's, it's that then... the,
1: like, I could be quoting this wrong and just enraging someone. Is it the Archimedes boat thing, but like replacing one piece at a time?
0: Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if you repair an officer, like if you repair a human body, if you repair a whatever until, until it's eventually all replaced, is it still the same, still yeah. the same object or the still and, the same? And
1: my argument to that is uh, not if you do it all at once. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not if you do it all at once.
1: If, if I tore down my whole apartment building and then rebuilt the whole thing so it looked exactly the same, it's a new apartment building.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But that's that was a fine detracting from getting to an actual very important MCP conversation.
0: Well, yeah, but okay. Well, do you want to talk a little bit about that? I'm curious about what you came up with for the. Um, so I actually found some
1: like some. Uh, interviews with people who had like gotten access to the lab that weren't, you know, top level, uh, movie executives.
0: Excellent. Uh, yeah. Cause I just, I just went to like the, to the after the actual Lawrence Livermore labs website and talked a lot about all their, all the PR stuff they have up on their website. So if mm-hmm. you've got actual interviews, I'd love. Yeah, to it was,
1: um, mind. so it was, a uh, on Reddit and I'm not going to read out Reddit names cause I didn't do a full research on the rest of their stuff. And I don't want to accidentally read a name out of someone who has terrible worldviews. Um. <laughs> But uh, according to this individual on Reddit, they did do a tour. They were, like, an industrial engineer. They okay. To tour some of it. And it took them three years to get security clearance for wow. a tour. For a tour. Three
0: years. Wow.
1: Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's, like, top level. It's like, and that was, like, for the stuff that's not just the big door and look at the laser. But, like, to actually, like, see some of the function yeah, of, yeah. of the lab itself. But yeah, like, this is stuff that's. Department of Energy, you wouldn't think Trump's, ooh, uh, goes above. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but like, like usually you think like, oh, military intelligence is like top level intelligence. But this like Department of Energy stuff is so far above that.
0: Wow. And,
1: and that's what I find fascinating is that like there is still like parts of U.S. industry and research that is like, yeah, 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 yeah. These weapons kill people instantly with a weird gas. But what we're doing in this room, you can't even know about. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. Yeah. In 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 some ways that's almost reassuring, and in another way it's terrifying. <laughs> like I'm happy that military intelligence is not the end-all, be-all, highest clearance, and that they do actually consider some things more important. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, no, that's reassuring. But then, but then what they're actually working on is like, oh, uh, well, that's terrifying.
1: <laughs> yeah, and even here except for like the tour things. Like unless he dropped his dissertation work and started a new career in nanoelectronics and high energy physics there was no way to get Pat, like security clearance could only get you so far. And then it was like, well, do you need to see it? Like it was a very like,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's just as crazy. Is this your current interest? Like, can you contribute? And like, if, if we give you some access, like I just, I just, I, I hearing that, like, I don't know how, I don't know how they got that, permission to film in. See, that's,
1: that's why I wanted to bring all that up. Cause it's like, it makes it extra astounding that they're like, you want to film what? The Disney movie. Who's that guy? Yeah, bring him on in. Let's do this
0: thing. <laughs> come on in. Like Lawrence Livermore is like like a big Jeff Bridges fan or something, or else they the way they, Can you imagine the pitch session? Like if they met Lawrence Livermore and, like, and they were like, hey, we're, we're filming a movie. It's about computers, see? But they're like little people inside the computers. And he was like, or if he like understood it and was like, yeah. wow, that's awesome.
1: I just like to think, like, oh, so you found out about that, huh? All right, well, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Into his throat, Mike, like they're onto us yeah <laughs> keep your enemies closer and fight them in
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah let them film it people won't believe it let them film it they won't they won't believe it <laughs> happened <after. laughs>
0: yeah yeah the the the, the take of the orange apart turns out like that that wasn't a special effects shot at all <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah that was, we never got jeff bridges back after this we just had to hire a guy to, to be him that's why he's extra weird now
0: <laughs> he's this weird look in his eye
1: yeah, he has seen yeah that's wild
0: shit. So yeah, years. that
1: was mostly that, it's just that, like, that door genuinely represents, like, a part of America that most citizens should not see. Huh. And it's in a film by Disney from the 80s. <laughs>
0: outstanding. Yeah. That's outstanding.
1: Uh, but yeah, well, let's talk about MCP, because I love okay. MCP.
0: So Dillinger is talking to the MCP, and the MCP mentions that it was thinking of hitting the Pentagon next, and uh, uh, what's what's interesting is that this scene in the novel and the screenplay is a continuation of the scene that took place just after Alan left Dillinger's office. Mm-hmm. So Tron leaves, uh, I mean Alan leaves. <laughs> Dillinger isn't feeling so great about the news of Alan's Tron program, and then the MCP tells him about he's thinking about hitting the Pentagon, and we get this scene here way before we get to Flynn's arcade and all the rest. And I think it's a good call editing wise. Mm-hmm. The casino, the MCP, turn the tables on Dillinger works best after Dillinger has already been a jerk to the main characters. Like we see him get punished, but wait, but it also takes a little bit of the blame uh, off of him, or it takes him like no, like it's the opposite because he's being mean to Dr. Walter Gibbs and he's being mean to Alan Bradley when he still thinks that he's in control of the MCP.
1: Yeah, it makes him. It makes him seem so at. Of, uh- I mean, if we want to compare this in terms, which I always do in my brain, to Transformers, he yeah. seems like Megatron until it's revealed that he's Starscream.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure, yeah. it's a fantastic, it, I like that analogy.
1: Yeah, so the whole time you're like, oh, this is the big bad, and then MCP is like, by the way, I'm doing sh- you wouldn't even believe out here. Like, how's that now?
0: What? Sorry, with the what now? Hmm? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I would like you not to. Cool, still doing it.
0: Hell, <laughs> <laughs> still doing it. Yeah. Yeah, what is... Well, what is well, he doesn't have any thumbs. But.
1: <laughs> Who just digitally protected two thumbs and doesn't <laughs> give a sh- This guy.
0: <laughs> and then uh, Dillinger says, uh, oh, it's my fault. I programmed you to want too much. And he's looking over the city, and it's designed to look like the grid inside the machine. And he whips around at the mention of the Pentagon, alarmed. And then the MCP says, this shouldn't be any harder than any other big company, but now that's what I get for using humans. Zing. Zingburn. Yeah. And then there's a there's a wireframe model of Sark's cruiser spinning around on the display on the desk. I guess I guess suggesting that that's what the MCP will use to infiltrate the Pentagon, and by extension, what he uses for all the espionage and theft. Which I guess makes sense because Sark's like the recruiter, and he brings in all the programs and and puts them on the grid until they die playing. And then he says, "Now wait a minute." I wrote you, and the MCP retorts, I've gotten 2,415 times smarter since then. And now, th- uh, this is interesting because I don't want to spoil anything, but at the end, when the MCP is defeated, again, uh, maybe you've never seen this movie and you're listening to this podcast. And Wait, I, the uh,
1: Disney movie The Bad Guy doesn't win?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a bold choice for them. It's a wild departure. Uh, that's why this film was not as well-received as per usual and this one the villain loses now i don't that at the end the mcp is defeated and we see a glimpse of a face of the mcp after the shields and facades are all destroyed around the mcp and it's not david warner no is is this way older and he has a white mustache and beard and but but here in another scene he's like now wait a minute i wrote you you know so so apparently Dillinger is insistent that he created the MCP, but the MCP does not have Dillinger's face, which is like that all of the other programs in the movie have the face of their creator. And there's a bit when Doctor Walter Gibbs says something about, "I remember when you were just a chess program," to the MCP, mm-hmm. right? So there's so there's two, so there's three sort of data points there. It started as a chess program, and now Dillinger's saying that he wrote him but the MCP doesn't look like Dillinger's. So one conclusion you could come to is that maybe David Warner is lying to the MCP. He's trying to convince this program that he stole, that he wrote it in the same way that he stole credit for Flynn's games.
1: I, my personal view on that one is that he took something that was like, Hey, there's an AI here capable of calculating out like chess moves, which is like defense offense kind of moves. And then he used that program to make the MCP. So he defines that as him writing the program, even though like the core heart of it, he didn't. And that's why he can never control it. It's like, hey, right. you stole someone else's thing and altered it. And now I've continued to alter because like it all he taught it was that if you continue to alter yourself, you get smarter. That's what he right. programmed into it. And then right. it did that because that's what it was programming. The programming was, hey, keep absorbing information and getting smarter. And it just so, like grew immediately out of his control. because he never had it to start with.
0: It used to be the Master Chess program. <laughs> yeah. And now it's the Master Control program. Makes sense. Yeah, right? okay. I mean that makes sense, but it also adds up like like if you if someone else worked on Tron, if yep. Alan Bradley gave somebody else access to Tron's programming and they added a subroutine in there somewhere, would Tron's face change a little bit to become ten percent deep faked into that other programmer? You know. Maybe like if if like if 10 people worked on a program what would that result look like inside the mainframe that's something to uh that I've been thinking about recently
1: well this is also the movie universe where every program was just written by one person
0: yeah exactly yeah so that's why it doesn't like that's why uh I'm confused about about the MCP not having David Warner's face at the end mm. but i think I mean, obviously, it's it's probably more that they just couldn't get Warner for the insert shot later on. I guess
1: yeah, there's one immediately troubling thing about besides the Pentagon phrase, but it's the I've been thinking of.
0: Yeah, well, that goes back to like when Flynn was like poking around, mm-hmm. and and Dillinger says, "Oh, was it Flynn?" and uh, and the MCP says, it, "It felt like Flynn." They're like, "Wait a minute, it did what?" Yeah. What do you mean? It, <laughs> what do you mean? It felt. It felt like Flynn. Like, but you know, like, yeah, he's been thinking. He's pondering. Yeah. He's like, oh, maybe I'll do this. Musing like, over whoa.
1: a vacation in the. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I like. I like to think that the uh, that Dillinger thinks he's pulling a fast one on the MCP. Right, mm-hmm. and then like, well, there's also there's also a nice bit in the last minute where in the novel he reflects that the MCP is a reflection of his spirit. And his spirit is a hamstringing, cheating, black blackmailing, invading, horrible spirit. So, of course, that's what the MCP has turned out to be. So I was like, ah, oh, maybe it is an accurate reflection.
1: And, and, so, and, like, with his desk, literally every time he looks at the MCP, he's seen a reflection of himself.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah.
1: Like, it's such, I don't know, like... There's poetry in these little moments of that kind of stuff where it's like he's looking down at this text that's getting read for him, but he still looks down at, like, the MCP. Well, yeah. Well,
0: it's in there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's going to come in one morning and the office will be, like, redesigned by covert instructions from the MCP. And now the desk is on the ceiling, so he has to look up to it. Yeah. You
1: know. <laughs> or on the wall, at least, or something.
0: Or the wall, yeah. A wall would be better ergonomically. Well,
1: that's what Sark looks at, is, like, the Pac-Man wall
0: oh yeah yeah that's right yeah the pac-man wall and he's got the charging chamber with the face entirely surrounds him yeah, the MCP goes on further saying that, that it wants the same thing with the Kremlin and that it wants to that it wants with the Pentagon, that it's bored with corporations, and that with its information access it can run things nine hundred to twelve hundred times better than any human. And I assume that variable has taken baseline humans into account. Like it'd be twelve hundred times better than the the, the slowest humans and nine hundred times better than the smartest humans. But also seeing the well, I don't know. Seeing the current state of the world I'd almost be inclined to let the MCP take a crack at it.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's interesting, too, that, like, I mean, there there has been a recent Tron, but I almost feel like if this was written from scratch today, they would have flipped that, where he was trying to do espionage stuff, and then he found out that he was doing more corporate stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, the, the weird political thing was super boring. It's just people arguing. But this corporate yeah. stuff where there's all these lasers and whatnot.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 right? Have you? Uh, hear me out a net across the sky. Yeah. We could call it uh, something skynet perhaps.
1: Yeah. And, and you could uh... dine cyber, <laughs>
0: some sort of cyber. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> It would be like a, a lattice, a structure like a a matrix if you will.
1: Yeah. But yeah, no like there. obviously we're not at the laser yet, but the fact that he has access to a dematerialization gun and decides not to ever like just start shooting it at random in the lab.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right? At the workstation that's set up right in the path of it. Which yeah, is, that
1: just uh, seems like an not. OSHA nightmare waiting to happen, right? There.
0: Yeah, it's a, yeah, that is. It's a bit of a violation. Yeah.
1: But then again, OSHA can't get back there without clearance. So how are they going to find it? Well,
0: there you go. Yeah, come check us out in three years. I'm sure. So Dillinger gets cocky and says, if you think you're superior to us, and the MCP responds, you wouldn't want me to to dig up Flynn's file and read it up on a VDT at the Times, would you? Uh, and then that's, uh, he's going to blackmail yeah. He's got a blackmail Dillinger. Do you know what VDT is? I didn't Ooh, look that up. That
1: is a, that is a solid question.
0: Video, Video Daily Times or something like that. I wonder if having an executive... I don't know how much blackmail this weighs because it's like having an executive on oh, the front page VDT, of the it, Times. It's
1: very unexciting. Oh, what is it? Video Display Terminal.
0: Ah, uh, well, there you go. I figured it was something like that. It's like having an executive on the front page of the Times would A, happen, and B, ruin a career at this point in history. Maybe it would have in 1982, but these days, I don't know if it would even dent an executive's career. Like, I think he'd get probably at high fives for this kind of deal. Like, oh, you stole a game and took credit for it and ended up in charge of Encom. Well done, you know, like, well, sweet, way to go.
1: There, there would be, like, a week of complaints, and then someone would be like, I do love that light cycle, though. <laughs>
0: It's not much of a threat. That's what I think that's what I sort of saw it as. Like I remember at the time I was like, Oh boy. Well, the way the scene's set up and the way he reacts, obviously obviously it holds a lot of weight. But looking at it, like so many executives have just gotten off free from so much worse. That's the thing. So the, the
1: problem know. with that now is the the reality of stuff. At the time that was like, Could you imagine having all your dirty laundry out there? And now it's like, Yeah, it's where we put the dirty laundry. <laughs> yes, where, on the line. That's where we put it.
0: Okay, well here's 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 a big question for you. As we talked a little bit about uh, AI infiltrating and taking over the world, and I think that maybe it wouldn't be the worst idea, um, what do you think of a benevolent AI taking over the world? Oh. A benevolent one, like for the sake of argument, not a rogue Johnny Depp uploading his consciousness and not an Ultron saying all humans must die, but a benevolent AI taking over the world. Perhaps... Perhaps redistributing the wealth, I don't know. But like running the world in a in an efficient way that maybe I would think like didn't involve well, there needs to be eighty percent less people, so let's just make that yeah, happen yeah, yeah. right now. Like, well
1: so the problem that comes with this is the same problem that comes with self driving cars. Everyone has to be on board or no one should be on board. Sure. So the, the problem is the human factor. So like if you have this benevolent AI running things, you'll still have a great quadrant of people that don't want a computer telling them what to do that are sure. going to slowly but surely ruin any system that comes up. In the same way that like a self-driving car is more likely to like get into an accident from another human driver than another self-driving car. Yeah. Like the problem isn't the computer control. The problem is there is no possible way to predict and control a human populace. Yeah. And so that's where it's going to fall apart. You could get like little pockets of like, hey, this city is where everyone went to agree that the computer can run stuff and decide wages and food distribution and household activities. But like you'd have people on the outside be like, no computer's going to own my life. <laughs> Don't know why it was Southern. Doesn't need to be. <sighs> yeah, but... <laughs> it
0: doesn't need to be. No, no. You could, that would be just as like Liberia, I imagine, would not be like, yeah, sure. AI sounds great. They'd be like, nope, hard pass. Cause like, well, it's one of those things where people say like, Oh, Jeff Bezos have enough money to end world hunger. And I'm like, why doesn't he? And I'm like, uh, tell me more about, tell me more about that. Like, how do you think, how do you think that money could just automatically end world hunger? Like I see if you did the math and he could buy everybody on earth, a big Mac, say for instance, for the next eight weeks, you know, okay. But like, what, what do you, how would you, how would you actually get past the local governments? Because a lot of the problems with the donations yeah. here is that you give the donations to these war torn countries, the military dictatorships that are running the countries just steal it all.
1: Well, and then like, I don't, and then I don't you know can't, you watch... do you watch the good place?
0: Yeah. Well, They're I watched the, issue... the first season. Oh, like the first uh, they, they
1: do bring up an issue of unforeseen consequences. So it's that kind of thing like okay you've solved world hunger now the population is healthy now the population has boomed now you have to solve the new world hunger because there's way more people than the food crops can support (laughs) now it's like same thing I'm a vegan um, but I refer to it as a megan because I take care of me and I don't care whatever I I can sit across from someone eating a steak I don't give a (laughs) Um, (laughs) or shoot whatever we want on this podcast but um, I also understand that if tomorrow everyone went vegan the world economy would collapse and we would not have food <laughs> so
0: <laughs> okay yeah 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 it's uh there's a lot of inherent challenges i think whether it's ai or whether it's a trillionaire trying to take on the problem there was a, i remember there's a couple of issues a couple of issues of superman back in the early 90s where it was like it was like no there was an issue that was straight up Superman I think it was Alex Ross and it was straight up Superman takes on world hunger mm-hmm. and he tries to be the guy that distributes all the food and gets past the dictatorships and uh give food to everybody and he can't yeah it doesn't work and it's 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 depressing it's a very depressing comic no, yeah but it but, does also
1: know. happen in the red sun superman where he tries yeah. to let Brainiac run everything and it turns out Brainiac was doing evil but it's like you don't know until it's way too goddamn late <laughs> like
0: geez that was such a good comic that red sun comic
1: yeah but it's that it's that same thing where like even a benevolent ai at some point they will hit a breaking point where it's like okay well there's some people not accepting the system that's breaking it off so for the greater good Yeah. There's going to be a light
0: purge. (laughs) Just a light, just a little purge. Yeah,
1: we're going to call it a, a, a uh, (laughs) the paquito, paquito
0: purge. A paquito purge, yeah. Uh,
1: and it may or may not involve several of your neighbors who will be liquidated and will just distribute their stuff by. (laughs) I,
0: I I had the group liquidated, Scott. (laughs) Uh, in the okay, and over the differences between the screenplay and the novel. Uh, in the novel, it's mentioned that they let Doctor Laura Baines go in the back of Encom first, and then Alan, and then Flynn, mentioning that she'll be the one with the authority, and she'll be recognized, and she'll shield the others. Again, How the woke. men defer to her. Yeah, like <laughs> it, like it's it's a woke. There's a lot of aspects of the novel and the script that are woke, like. Inside the arcade, there's lots of girls playing video games and there's lots of girls winning, right? And there's also Dr. Laura Baines here. She's the one that drives the action. She's the one that knows everybody. She's the one that drives the band, yeah. says, let's go to Flynn, says, let's go back to ENCOM. So, and now she's taking point on the mission inside, which looking back on it is like, pretty different than a lot of the films that were available mm-hmm. to the populace i will
1: i will also point out that at that same point in the book it does say that the door was 20 feet thick when it's only like eight
0: <laughs> ah
1: a 20 this... foot thick door would be impossible
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, uh the conversation between dillinger and the mcp goes much the same as in the movie besides it being in a different place temporarily and the screenplay the door opening only takes a few sentences. Mm-hmm. And the screenplay they just say he punches in the he punches in the code, he punches in the number the door opens they enter But we it. should know and in neither
1: I'm yeah. pretty sure this is the same in the screenplay the screenplay and the book n- neither one has the line no, that's a big door
0: no, no, no yeah. oh that uh is pure in bridges the, in the novel, I think he thinks it or something like that,
1: really I don't know I don't know, I don't know. I got knows? it right here I'm looking at it I got, it, oh, I got it
0: right here too oh real time lookups real-time analog lookups
1: They got the this guys like Santa Claus do, they got them looking do, 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 at the do, door
0: do, 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 do. But
1: there is no line of do, 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 that is a big do, door do, do, do.
0: The three the three step back out of the way as the door begins to swing open The door continued Oh, yeah, Flynn's amazement grew with each moment. 10 feet thick, 15, and it still wasn't open. He began to whistle a casual tune as if waiting for a bus. Anytime, door, his attitude said. Alan and Laura watched in amusement. Yeah, but he never says it.
1: Yeah, and that is oh, like and then an what? iconic line.
0: When he goes inside, he says, uh, Laura and Alan having to... They, like, they have no NCOM picture ID when they go in. Mm-hmm. So that's, again best plan ever like they don't even have their id but, but they uh, do
1: invoke the uh treasure of sierra madre with badges. that's right you don't need no stinking batches.
0: which i'm very glad that that dodged i'm very glad that that didn't show up in the actual it's
1: been bill. used um uhf did it best and we can just let it rest now
0: oh we could just uh let it rest at that
1: Yep.
0: okay well i think that takes us to the end of minute 26 what do wow. you
1: think wow talked about a big door
0: yeah we sure did Do you want to go over where people can find you or? uh...
1: Certainly. Um, If you're looking for me, you can find me on Instagram at dorkzombie. That's D-O-R-K zombie. I post a lot of stuff there about my various jobs. Uh, You can find my writing in different games produced by the video game company Kabam available now on your mobile devices. Why not download Marvel Contest of Champions or Transformers Forge to Fight? Both are quality games where I write silly things in the background. Uh, and I encourage you to go check those out. And that's about it. If you're in Vancouver ever, if there's a burlesque show, I might be at it or on it. We'll see that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or a glam slam. hmm uh, If you want to get in touch with us, check out more at TronologicallySpeaking.com. Drop us a line on Twitter at TronologicallySpeaking or send us an email at TronologicallySpeaking at gmail.com or join us on Facebook at the TronologicallySpeaking minute-by-minute listeners page. Shout out to Pond5 for the music. And go there if you uh, any music needs. They have a lot of good music there that covers a lot of different genres and bases, and and you can buy and use without getting sued. And there's <laughs> a special thanks to the Star Wars Minute that started it all. Go on over to moviesbyminutes.com and see if your favorite movie is there. And if it isn't, which it probably is, but if it isn't, then uh, maybe consider doing one of these yourself. It's a very rewarding and fun thing to do, and it's a very inclusive and encouraging community. So I recommend that course of action. If you're so inclined, all right. Ooh. Do you want to do a little uh, end of line on three? More than anything. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. All right. One, two, three. End, end. of line. Oh, of line.
1: One of these days we're gonna give it at the same time.
0: <laughs> with, with no one has done it properly yet, I think I think that's the charm. That's the. Charm. All right.
1: See you next time.
0: See you next time.